What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Alright, so here we are, season two, episode number 66, and this is it. This is the very last episode of season two, the 90s here. It's been a very long season, but an absolutely incredible one with some amazing historic finishes, (laughs) some dreadful ones, some records set, some records broken, awards, astonishing feats, etc. The list goes on and on, so... A very exciting season for sure, but I feel a break is needed for more reasons than one which I spoke about on other episodes, so today we will be covering the very last two artists to come out in the 90s who qualified for this study, and they are Tech 9 and Cuckoo Cow. So for those of you who may think you don't know who Cuckoo Cow is, you probably do. He had that huge song, My Projects, in 2001, in My Projects, that shit. So, I don't know, maybe you didn't hear that song and still have no idea who Cuckoo Cal is, but most hip-hop fans probably have, so just wanted to clarify who this guy was in case you didn't recognize the name right off the bat. So, let me get into my opinions and expectations on these two artists. So, as far as Tech 9 was concerned, a couple of people had told me they thought Tech 9 was the greatest rapper of all time. And I immediately just played it off to these dudes just being, you know, big underground heads that thought because someone rapped fast that they were amazing. But then my nephew Jake had actually told me about Tech 9 I remember asking him because he was interested when I started the study. And I remember we, we were driving to, uh, I think we were picking up pizza or something. And I had asked him, you know, who did he think? And he was like, yo, Tech 9 is pretty dope, bro. Um, he played me a couple of things, like I had heard a few Tech 9 verses, but I knew almost nothing of him, but from what I did hear, he certainly didn't sound like he was anywhere near the greatest rapper of all time, but, you know, again, that's a handful of verses, but I was honestly dreading covering this guy as he had a huge catalog and seemed like a dude to me from the outside looking in as somebody that didn't really know him. He seemed like a dude that was going to be overly complicated and hard to follow, but not necessarily enjoyable. Again, that's just a personal preference, but it does suck when I cover people in this study who I really just can't stand their music, but they're really complicated. That's like the worst combination of a person that you could really get. Um, Not saying that I can't stand Tech 9s music. I really didn't hear enough of it to even have that much of an opinion on it, but from what I heard, I didn't think he was, you know, going to be the greatest rapper of all time or anything like that. Um, as far as where I expected him to finish, again, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. It was a complete shot in the dark, but I guess I expected Tech to finish somewhere between the halfway and the top third. So, like, you know, maybe right around that that top third or so, which, you know, if there's 450 people, I guess I expected him to finish somewhere around 150. Now, Cuckoo Cow, like I spoke about, was a one-hit wonder who, aside from the one song, I knew absolutely nothing of, definitely even less than Tech 9 to be fair. Again, this prediction was a shot in the dark, as I knew little to nothing of him, but I'm not going to lie, man, I honestly expected Cuckoo Cow to be horrible. Just from, and, and I'm not trying to shit on him, but I'm just saying, as a guy that was a one-hit wonder that I don't remember, I, I love that song. 
But I don't remember ever hearing that song and being like, man, he fucking murdered that. And then going out and finding more Cuckoo Cal shit. He just seemed like, you know, from the outside looking in at first glance, one of those one-hit wonder guys that, I don't know if he sucks, but he probably sucks and just had the one hit and then, you know, people realized he sucks or he fell off or whatever the case is. But after he made the cut, I was curious to see if this guy was a sleeper or if he just fell off at some point in his career, but... Nonetheless, I, I gotta say, you know, at the end of the day, I expected a bottom quarter finish here for Cuckoo Cal. So, like I said, these are the last two artists qualified in this study to come out in the calendar year of 1999, but Tech 9 was out first, so we're gonna start off with him. His birth name is Aaron Dantes Yates, born November 8th, 1971 in Kansas City, Missouri, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, rap rock, hardcore rap, horrorcore, and chopper. And his years active are listed as 1991 to present. So interestingly enough, a couple of weeks ago we covered Soleil, who I said I believe was the first artist to come out of Kansas City. And now just two weeks later, we have Tech 9 also coming from Kansas City. Through covering both of these artists and watching interviews and stuff like that, Soleil was actually the main reason Tech 9 got to the level he did is she flew him out somewhere to meet with somebody or something like that. I forget the exact details of the story, and I'm not saying that Tech 9 would have had zero success without Soleil, but she did get his foot in the door, so cool stuff there. Also, some other interesting things are his genres. I mean, those are some very, very contrasting genres. Hip-hop, rap rock, hardcore rap, horrorcore, and chopper. I mean, none of those things are, are really that similar to each other at all for him to have all those listed as his genres. And his years active are listed as 1991 to present, even though his debut album didn't come out till 1999. But for now, let's check out some more background info on Tech 9 and see how that reads. Aaron Dantes Yates, born November 8th, 1971, better known by his stage name Tech 9, is an American rapper and singer. In 1999, he and business partner Travis Ogun founded the record label Strange Music. He has sold over 2 million albums and has had his music featured in film, television, and video games. In 2009, he won the Left Field Woody Award at the MTVU Woody Awards. His stage name originated from the Tech 9 semi-automatic handgun, a name given to him by rapper Black Walt due to his fast-rhyming chopper style. Yates later applied a deeper meaning to the name, stating that it stands for the complete technique of rhyming, with tech meaning technique and nine representing the number of completion. Despite minimal mainstream success himself, he has featured many mainstream artists on his albums including E-40, Ice Cube, 3-6 Mafia, B.O.B., Twista, Busta Rhymes, Kendrick Lamar, Lil Wayne, T-Pain, Snoop Dogg, The Game, Wiz Khalifa, CeeLo Green, T.I., 2 Chains. Corey Taylor of Slipknot, Eminem, Logic, and Boys to Men. So some interesting stuff there on Tech 9. We see that he founded his own label, Strange Music, in 1999. We also see that he sold over 2 million albums. We see a huge list of artists he's worked with, as well as some insight on how and why he's called Tech 9. So with all that out of the way, let's check out my write-up on Tech 9 and see what I had to say about him. Tech 9 was not someone who was brought up to me by many people, but I'd be lying if I said there weren't a few who warned me. Early on, he set himself up for a lot of rhyme schemes that he just took shortcuts on. From his third album on, he continuously got better at tightening up the technical shortcomings while still managing to improve in areas he was already sound in. 
He had a mesmerizing and impressive flow and was incredible with different rhyme schemes and syllables. He was also great at keeping a topic throughout and was able to tell good stories with crazy twists and endings. It was rare that Tech 9 ever only rhymed one syllable, but any time he did, he made sure he had an abundance of rhymes per bar. Later in his career, it seemed as if his massive body of work began to hurt him lyrically, as it almost seemed as if he was running out of different word combinations to use without being repetitive. For someone who rhymed words just to rhyme words a lot, this made a lot of his words even more random. He proved me wrong on that as well though, showing the ability to use all different flows and deliveries and finished in a tie as the second highest scoring lyricist in the study thus far. Tech 9s work rate was unrivaled by anyone else in the hip hop industry to date so far with 23 albums, 6 EPs, and 1 mixtape for a total of 30 albums registered for scoring. While a lot of albums doesn't necessarily mean good albums, with Tech, it did. 10 of his albums were classics. Another 14 were great, and the remaining 3 were good. On top of that, two of the EPs were scoring as classics, and another a borderline classic had they been longer. He also qualified the most songs of any artist so far with 518. Amazingly enough, not a single one of those songs were weak, 97 were great, and another 277 were good. Not only is 72% of your work being good or better impressive in itself, but to keep those numbers that high with that many total songs is astonishing. This also means that he has put out the most good songs of any artist to date. Tech 9s impact on the hip-hop game tells two tales. On one hand, he isn't necessarily a household name, hasn't had major commercial mainstream success, and only had clear visible influences on Fabulous and J. Cole. On the other hand, he is one of the best-selling independent hip-hop artists and has a pretty serious underground cult following. When it came to originality, had Tech 9 not taken so much stuff from artists before him, especially Tupac, Biggie, and Eminem, he would have absolutely gotten a perfect score in this department. From his voice, image, delivery, and flow, to his rhyme style, album layouts, beats, and overall sound, Nina was an extremely original artist. While there were times later on where his music took more of a typical sound, he was so versatile that I honestly just chalked that up to him wanting to do a little bit of everything. On top of that, the amount of things he took from other artists really wasn't huge in comparison to the size of his catalog. So that certainly sounded like a very solid write-up there for Tech 9 so let's get into the math here and see who was right between me saying Tech 9 would be between halfway point and the one-third mark and some others saying he's the GOAT. Lyrics, he gets a 9. Like I spoke about, man, Tech tied for the second highest scoring lyricist in this study thus far, and quite honestly, had he had some moments where he didn't seem to be so, so focused on syllables and rhyme schemes, which, like I spoke about, at some points kind of made some of his bars get really, really random, where it was just like random word after random word. Again, the guy was incredible with rhyme schemes and syllables, and I'm not saying that he wasn't capable of spitting shit that made sense and dope lines while still having lots of rhyme schemes and syllables, because he certainly was. He was an absolutely incredible lyricist and did many, many things that not only have I never seen anyone do before, but I'm not sure that anyone out, maybe aside from Eminem, possibly one below, could do. And I, honestly, I, I don't even want to go that far. I'm probably just going to say Eminem because some of the shit that Tech 9 was doing was incredible. But like I said, 518 songs, man. 
that's a lot of English words to say. And it started to get to a point where it was like, he, he can't string together this many complicated words anymore and make sense because he's used all of them already. And like I said, Tech Nine proved me wrong. Um, you know, he just would come out with some more material. He'd step his game back up. But I did have to keep into consideration those times where, yes, the technicalities were absolutely incredible, but sometimes the things he was saying was taking a little bit of a hit. It wasn't constant, it wasn't always, and it certainly didn't outweigh how incredible he was. But again, we have to take every aspect into consideration. I spoke to you guys with Eminem when I gave him a 9.5, and, and I told you that the reason that I didn't give him a 10, obviously I've spoke about this before, I don't really want to give anybody any 10s. The only way that I'm going to give somebody a 10 is if it's an absolute fact that there isn't really any more that anyone can do. And lyrically, I don't really think that's possible. Somebody might be able to do something 50 years from now that our brains can't even conceive to be real. I'm not trying to be ridiculous, but you just never know what could happen. So I really don't want to give anybody a 10. But Eminem wasn't a 9.5 slash 10. He wasn't even a straight 9.5. He was a 9.5 slash 9. And I spoke about the reason that Eminem had... He only has a half a point left to climb, right? But he still has two notches left to climb. And Eminem has, you know, say 250 songs or, or whatever it is. It's somewhere around that ballpark. So it's not like he can just come out with an album and just shoot that shit right up right away. It would take a fair amount of material of being beyond absurd the way that he already was for a couple more albums for me to take that to the next slash because... It's such a small percentage of his material at this point and with him having, you know, 20 or 25 albums or whatever it was that he had between himself and D12. So it's hard to climb these notches when you start to get, I mean, look at Tech 9 518 songs. You know, after 400 songs or so with Tech 9 it would be very, very difficult for this guy to keep climbing. Now, he can climb. I'm not saying that he can't climb. He certainly can. But I had spoke about with Eminem how there were some things that weren't perfect. And I don't think that it's anybody's intention to be perfect. But Eminem had lapses on at least an album or two where you could tell drugs were really driving the car. And it's that's not to say that he was bad or he wasn't good. But he was just saying some really stupid things. Um, you know, there were a decent amount of times where Eminem had run on bars and stuff like that. Again, 9.5 out of 10. Incredible, ridiculous, number one lyricist so far. No doubt about it. So I'm not trying to shit on Eminem, but I'm just trying to explain, you know, where there's room for improvement. So if I explain that with Eminem, you know, I have to explain the same thing with Tech. So that's that's all I'm doing by saying that there were times where Tech got really random and was just saying like, water bottle, slaughters follow, daughter coddle, Ford Apollo, right? So you can't. And again, I'm not saying he did this all the time, but you can't just say random words and receive credit because a lot of syllables are rhyming, but you're not saying anything. So it's just kind of evening each other out where it's like, well, what he said makes no sense, but there's this rhyme scheme in these syllables. So there were times like that for tech. Again, even on times like that, that stuff is, is wiping each other out, right? But that may only be two, four bars or a whole verse or whatever. Then you got another verse or another two verses or whatever, however many bars are coming after whatever bars he just said. So it was very rare that Tech 9 had that many average songs out of 518 songs because on the majority of that stuff, he was constantly raising those song scores. So again, I'm not trying to, to nail Tech 9 down here. And the reason that I'm even only pointing out these things is that 
it's very difficult for me to point out what the guy was good at because quite frankly, he was incredible at everything else. And there were times where he didn't do that. So there were times where he was incredibly amazing for entire albums. So very, very, very impressed with Tech 9 man. I got to give the guy credit. Second highest scoring lyricist thus far in the, in the study, or tied for second, I guess I should say, with one below of Binary Star. But, man, I got to give my nephew Jake some props for a good call here, man, because, you know, no matter where this guy finishes at this point, having a lyrical score of 9, the guy's obviously an incredible rapper, no question about that. But let's get into the other scores and see what he gets and, and see where he finishes off here. So albums, he gets a 6.42 with 10 classics. So first and foremost, that's a great album score right there. To have 30 albums and your overall album score is great. I mean, that's just, that's, that's incredible stuff, man. Honestly, that really is incredible stuff right there. 10 classic albums. So again, I'm going to say it, 30 albums. And you still were able to make 33% of your work be classic material with 30 albums. That's incredible stuff right there. Again, 10 classic albums. I believe that's the third highest amount of classic albums in this study. So, I mean, like I said, incredible lyrical score, great album score. And then he's knocking on an extra 10 points for classic albums. So absolutely ridiculous stuff here from tech nine off the bat songs he gets a plus 1.9 and we speak about this all the time plus or minus a full point starts to become significant on your overall score here and could you know could move you a decent amount of spots almost a full two points here for tech so that is incredible but i feel like with the two prior scores right like the lyric score the album score those things are rivaling like top three numbers right there. I don't believe 1.9, it, it's very high and it's probably in the top 10 or top 15 out of the 201 people that I've finished so far in this study. So absolutely incredible stuff there, no question. And, you know, gaining almost a full two points where he could be losing, that's, that's almost a four point swing right there. So definitely very, very impressive stuff there. But I did just want to point out that the song score not quite up to par with like Eminem and people like that. And the only reason I'm even comparing these two right now is because they're the only ones that really even have scores like this in the study for the most part. Album scores, I think, you know, Pun, Big L, Eminem, a couple people like that had really, really high album scores. Maybe Biggie because he only had two albums and they were both incredible albums. So it's only a handful of people that are up that high with the album score. Song score, same thing, maybe 10 or 15 people ahead of him. But another impressive, impressive score there from Tech 9 And the reason that it, it's, it's not super, super high the way that Eminem's is, is because of the giant body of work. I mean, this guy's got 518 songs and we talk about this all the time. That could help you, it could hurt you. I don't really think it did much of either in the case of Tech 9 particularly because I feel like Tech 9 was so good so regularly that his numbers pretty much remain the same throughout. You know, it was great album, classic album, borderline classic, great album, great album, good album, great album, classic album. So it wasn't like the guy was jumping, you know, uh, it was a bunch of average ones first and then a bunch of classic ones late. And it's like, oh, you know, if he didn't have that much material, he wouldn't have scored those classic albums at the end. You know, like I said, after the third album on, Tech was pretty much Tech for the most part and pretty much murdered everything. So 
The fact that he had the 518 songs, yes, he had 97 great songs, which is without a doubt incredible. But if Eminem has 97 great songs and he only had 225 songs total, that's obviously going to give him a much higher percentage. So Tech 9 97 great songs, no weak songs. Very, very impressive stuff, but out of 518 songs, it only comes out to about 19%, and I'm saying only because, again, I'm comparing it to the highest song scores that we've had. This is incredible, incredible stuff. But it comes to about 19%. You move the decimal place over one, Tech 9 gets a plus 1.9 in the song score. So, tremendous start here for Tech 9, no question. Impact, he gets a 6. And like I said, you know, there's two sides to this coin for Tech 9. I said I would touch on this later. His years active are listed as 1991 to present, but his debut album wasn't out until 1999, which is the year that he founded his own label, Strange Music. And then, you know, he just did his own thing that way. Tremendous, tremendous selling independent artist. Two million albums and stuff without a, a major record label deal or anything like that. So very, very impressive stuff. Now, it's not the same as an Eminem or a Jay-Z who sold 75 million records or whatever the case is. But take Vinnie Paz, for example, who I, I believe, you know, sold a tremendous amount of records independently. It becomes impressive when you do it yourself. You can't be expected to sell the same amount of records if you're going to go the independent route. So if that's the route you're going to go, then you have to look at, yes, we're going to keep the total number in mind. It's 2 million. It's not 75 million. So trust me, Eminem and Jay-Z and, and Tupac and stuff like that, they're going to get their credit for selling that many records. But what I'm saying is that it's like the song score type of thing. Like you have to kind of look at the percentage. You know, what's the most records anyone has ever sold independently? Okay, there's your number. Well, how many did Tech 9 sell? All right, well, he's not that far from that. Then you look at the other hand, right? What's the most amount of records sold ever by a hip-hop artist? Okay, it's that. All right, well, what did uh, what did Tupac sell? Okay, he's not far away from that. So you're gauging by what route these people took. Now, again, if Tech 9 is the greatest selling independent artist of all time, which I'm not saying he is, but if I'm just making an example. If he is, that's not going to put him at a nine or a nine and a half the way that somebody like Eminem selling 75 million records and, you know, winning 27 awards or Lil Wayne or whoever, you know, these people that have done absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. No, it's not going to give them the same thing as that, but it's going to raise it to a decent score, even though they might not have had a tremendous amount of mainstream commercial success, because you have to understand that. Yes, we're going to keep in mind that they didn't have it and their score is going to reflect that. But we also have to keep in mind that they really didn't want it. They didn't want to go sign to a major label and take that route. They went a different route and they were very, very, very successful at the route that they went. So again, keeping both sides of the coin in consideration here, you know, he is one of the better selling independent hip hop artists of all time. And like I said, he's got a pretty serious underground cult following. Like when you talk about some underground artists and shit like that, like Tech 9 is one of the most popular underground artists. I don't know if I want to say of all time because I, I can't really confirm that, but over the past, you know, 10 or 15 years or so, he definitely has been, without a doubt. And I'm not saying that 
because I'm part of the underground scene and he's one of my favorites or anything. I've, I've researched this guy. I've looked up a lot of things. you got to understand, when I cover these people, I'm not just randomly reading one thing. I'm watching interviews of these people, you know, them speaking things. I'm watching, I'm looking at, at records on the internet. I'm going to 10 different, you know, music sites and, and looking at so many different things. So I'm covering every angle that I could possibly cover with these people. So the information that I'm handing out to you, while it might not be perfect because I'm not that person and I can't speak for them, it is the most accurate and detailed information that you'll be able to find out there. I did my homework for sure. So again, you know, not a giant amount of major commercial mainstream success. You know, not like a household name like some other people like Tupac or things like that. But again, there's the other side that we just spoke about. So I think taking all things into consideration, Tech 9 gets a, an above average score of 6 here in the impact department because I think that being one of the bigger underground artists of all time it that in itself starts to drive you above average right in the same fashion that it will hold you down to being limited to let's say a seven and a half or something like that you can't be an underground artist that only sold you know two million records or something like that and think that I'm ever gonna give you a nine and a half for impact it's just probably not gonna happen the you would have to do so many so many so many other ridiculous things for an underground artist to get that high because you have to understand that when you give an underground artist that high of a score right what room are you leaving to give the other people like Eminem and Tupac and stuff that have sold 75 million records where, where where's the credit that they're getting for selling that many records there's no room to give it so the underground has to have a cap on it to a certain extent again anybody could blow anything off but to a certain extent you're only going to get so high so a six is a pretty good score there for an underground artist but again i feel like he earned it with selling two million albums like that independently and all that he's done and the following that he has and stuff like that and you know the amount of material the guys put out right you have to keep that in mind too this is a guy that put out 30 albums and is selling thousands and thousands of copies of each album. So any way you spin it, it's impressive stuff there from Tech 9 So an above average score of 6 in the Impact Department. And originality, he gets a 9.5. I addressed this at the end of my write-up and I'm telling you, quite frankly, if this guy didn't take, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this to be a dick, I'm not saying that Tech 9 wasn't original, he bit so many things. But there were definitely a fair amount of lines that he repeated, especially Tupac, Biggie, and Eminem, or samples that he used, or whatever the case is. Again, in comparison to his body of work of 518 songs, no, he didn't take that many lines or sample that much, because that's a lot of fucking music. But other than that, this guy fucking oozed originality in every fucking way possible. His voice... His image, his delivery, his flow, his rhyme style, his album layouts, his beats, his overall sound, just every single thing that you could name about this guy was super, super original. And let this be a perfect example of why I gave ODB a 10, okay? So I'm sitting here saying to you, the only reason that I'm not giving Tech 9 a 10 is because of some of the lines that he repeated and some of the samples that he took or some of the beats that he reused or something like that, right? Only reason he didn't get a 10. He was original in every other possible way that you could be, right? So was ODB. And ODB never took a line, a sample, or anything from anyone, ever. So that is why ODB got a 10. Had ODB 
sampled one thing from somebody or taken one line from somebody, I probably would have gave him a nine and a half because it's possible that somebody else comes along that's just as original as him and doesn't repeat any lines or sample anything from anyone. ODB didn't, at least not to my knowledge at this point in the study, so that's why I gave him a 10 because I didn't see any other thing that anybody else could do. So here with Tech 9, basically the same thing, but he did, you know, repeat some lines, some samples, some beats, and things like that. So he gets another incredible score there of a 9.5 in the originality department. So you add all those six numbers up now because we have the extra 10 points for the classic album. So you're going to add his lyric score, his album score, the extra 10 points for the classic albums, his song score, his impact score, and his originality score. And you're going to add that all up and then divide by five, which is the number of categories we have. And that gives you a final rating of 8.56, which puts Tech 9 in drum roll, please. Second place of 201 artists done overall. Wow. So an absolutely remarkable finish here for Tech 9 I was sure that no one was going to top Jay-Z's score. And just three years later, Tech 9 manages to pull it off. And he did it with a much lower impact score than Jay. So really incredible stuff here from Tech 9 across the board. And even though my prediction on Tech was a shot in the dark as I knew little to nothing of him, I do have to admit that I was definitely wrong about my general opinion on him. And while he still did fall a way short of Eminem, as of this current moment in time, he is the next best out there. So with that finish of number two overall, Tech 9 obviously lands inside of our top 10, which means we get a song breakdown. So let's go to Tech 9's list and then hit random. And this is Tech 9 Harvey Dent from his 10th studio album, The Gates Mixed Plate, which dropped in 2010. Damn the devilish and ashes But I like this cash This massive magazine ad Gets cracking attractive chicks passing This rapid activist them asses They want the clown The painting the evil frown The drinking the needle now The tainting no feeble sound But I need your pounds Your peso your people down With this label And I be so bound For that halo When I'm below ground Okay Man Before we get too fucking lost Let's pause there First and foremost I want to say this So I don't know if anybody caught this Or not I recognized it But this beat, while it's not the exact same beat, it does have the same sample from Scarface on my block. That That's from Scarface on my block, which came out in 2002. Now, that's a very, very minimal thing, right? So, I would mark down a notch there for uh, Tech 9 being influenced by Scarface because he didn't totally take the beat. It's not a clear thing. Like, if I said this to Tech 9, it's possible that Tech 9 turns around and says, I, I, didn't, I don't even know. I didn't even hear that song or whatever the case is, which I highly doubt because 
Scarface My Block was a relatively popular song, and a lot of hip-hop heads are pretty big on Scarface, so I don't think he would say that, but again, it's not the same beat. The sample doesn't really sound exactly the same. The song is nothing alike, so it's just something that I would I would make a note of and I would keep track of. If it was a little more direct and obvious, then it would go down right away that Tech 9 was influenced by Scarface because he's using the same sample or the same song idea, whatever the case is. So I don't remember off the top of my head if Tech 9 was influenced by Scarface at all or not uh, officially, but this is one little example here of where I start to put in notches and then when I say to you, Right, like the Eminem thing, the Tupac, the Biggie, right? It brought those people up in particular because they had a lot of notches. There were like, you know, two, three, four, whatever things it was, five, six, maybe even things that he took from those particular artists. So when it gets that high, I start to name the people. And when it's really, really low, they might not really be listed in there, but it'll be marked down on my phone that they might have took something from or, you know, been influenced by Scarface in some sort of way. So... I just wanted to point that out. But let's get into what Tech 9 says in the first half of this first verse here. So he says, They want madness, angelic and sadness. Fans relish when gladness is damned in devilish ashes. So obviously incredible stuff here. So before I talk about the technicalities, let's just talk about what Tech 9 is saying. Because I think it's important to pay attention to what Tech 9 says when he does this. Because like I said, there are some times in his music where what he's saying just doesn't really mean anything and it's random words put together. So let's not pay attention to any of the technicalities right now and let's see what he says. They want madness, angelic and sadness. Fans relish when gladness is damned in devilish ashes. So it makes perfect sense to me, okay? So yes, there are some words in there that he may not use like if he was just saying a normal sentence like fans relish, right? You might not say, oh, my fans really relish that. But look at what he's doing. He's saying they want madness, A. Angelic, B. And sadness, A. Fans relish, B. When gladness, A. Is damned in, A. Devilish, B. Ashes, A. I can't even keep up with that rhyme pattern to repeat it back to you. I think it was A, B, A, B, A, A, B, A. That's ridiculous. That's incredible. He did this on almost every song from his third album on, and he had 30 albums. So there was about 27 albums in a row that essentially were almost all like this. Again, the only falter he had was when some of the things he was saying were just random words. This isn't. This is a good sentence right here. There's a lot of syllables rhymed. There's the, the A, B, A, B, a, A, B, A rhyme pattern in there, which is crazy in itself. So already raising the song score right away. Then he goes on to say, But I like this cash. This massive magazine ads get cracking. Attractive chicks passing this rap and actresses the masses. So now this one he starts to stray a little bit. And let me point out why. So the first line says, But I like this cash. This massive magazine ad gets cracking. Right? That makes sense. He's talking about in the first line, how the fans are essentially, you know, they want madness, they want sadness, they want all this emotion from him, right? But he's saying, I like this cash. This massive magazine ad gets cracking. Then the next line, he says, attractive chicks pass in this rap and actresses the masses. Which, that line in itself doesn't really make any sense, right? Just say that to yourself. Again, forget about the technicalities. Me and you are speaking, we're having a conversation, right? And you say... 
Oh, yo, you know, what's up tonight? You want to go out? Yeah, uh, let's let's go out and chill. I'll, I'll pay. Okay, cool. And then I look at you and say, attractive chicks pass in this rap and actresses the masses. You would say, what? <laughs> so, again, impressive technicalities here, but bar A doesn't have much to do with bar B, nor does bar B make very much sense. It's not that I can't understand what he's hinting at here. He's trying to paint a picture... And I like this cash. I got magazine ads. I don't want to be sad. Attractive chicks, uh, actresses, asses. I understand what he's saying. But the way that he worded it, it just doesn't really make much sense. Now, he worded it like that to have all the syllables and rhyme schemes in there. And I get that. And he did a great job at that. But again, you have to be able to do that and make sense and throw in dope punchlines and stuff. Because that's what Eminem was able to do. Again, not on everything. Eminem had some run-on bars. Eminem had some lapses where he was saying some stupid shit, things that didn't make sense, weak lines. But it wasn't a lot out of his catalog. So I'm just trying to point out incredible stuff from Tech 9 but there are areas where there are room for improvement, and that's why he didn't get a 9.5 or a 10 lyrically. So then he goes on to say, They want the clown, the paint and the evil frown, the drink and the needle now, the taint and no feeble sounds. So now the reason he says they want the clown, for those of you that don't know, Tech 9 usually paints his face. I won't say that he does it all the time, but he does it very, very often. So he's saying they want the clown. He's still talking about the same thing that he was talking about earlier, about how people, you know, they want this madness and this sadness from him, but, you know, he's enjoying all the, the actresses and the asses and the money and stuff like that. So he says they want the clown, the paint and the evil frown. The drink and the needle now, the taint and no feeble sounds. So now, this does make perfect sense. These bars not only have to do with each other and what he's been talking about mostly the whole time, but they actually make sense. Now let's talk about the technicalities of it. They want the crown, A. The paint, B. And the evil frown, A. The drink, B. And the needle now, A. The taint, B. And no feeble sounds, A. So he's got another A, B, A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern there. And he does have another 12 syllables rhymed on those two bars there. So again, really, really remarkable stuff there from Tech 9 He's got this song close to being a one and a half at this point already. And what are we through? Six bars of his? And two of them I said, you know, ah, that didn't really make sense, that line, right? So... We basically washed the line out, and this guy still got this song up to almost a one and a half by a six bar. So you, you can obviously see that this dude is remarkable with words, no doubt about it. Then he says, but I need your pounds, your pesos, your people down. With this label, and I be so bound for that halo when I be low ground. Again, this makes perfect sense, and he's got some really solid technicalities in here. So I want to talk about what he says. He's saying that, you know, you guys want this sadness, this madness, this stuff or whatever. You want me to paint my face and put on this evil frown and you want me to drink and, you know, all these other things and you don't want no happy, silly sounds coming out of here, right? But he, like he said, he enjoys the actresses, the asses, the cash, stuff like that. Now he's saying, but I need your pounds. Pounds is a high five for anybody that doesn't know when you give somebody, you know, like a, like a handshake or a high five or whatever. It's called a pound. But I need your pounds, your pesos, your money, your people down. You know, I, I, I need you guys. 
I need you guys telling me that you're down for me, you love me, giving me pounds, whatever, right? With this label, and I be so bound for that halo when I be low ground. So he's saying I be so bound. Basically, you know, people talk about, oh, I got the crown, or this one's got the crown, past the crown, you're sitting on the throne, whatever. So he refers to it as a halo, but it's he's just saying the same thing. With this label, I be so bound for that halo when I be low ground. And what he means by be low ground is, you know, you'd say like, I'm, I'm grounded, I'm down to earth, stuff like that. So he's just saying, I'm a down to earth grounded dude. I'm not an arrogant hothead. Now, as far as the technicalities on what he says, he said, but I need your pounds, A, your pesos, B, and your people down, A, with this label, B, and I be so bound, A, for that halo B when I be low ground, A. So again, another A, B, A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern. I mean, this is just ridiculous. This is absolutely incredible what the fuck this guy is able to do with words. The fact that he can do this and make any sense whatsoever, right there off the bat is incredible to me. And again, this is not somebody who I was a fan of at all. Not only did I not listen to this dude, but I, I just didn't really like it. Like when my nephew played those songs in the car, like I, I mean, I didn't have too much of a talk with him about it because we were just chilling and, and heading back to our vacation home and shit. So it was a quick little ride and it wasn't like a, you know, an in-depth discussion. But I told him, I said, yeah, he, he sounds pretty good, you know, like, but I didn't really like it. There was like a song that I was like, all right, yeah, I, I could fuck with this. You know what I mean? But in general... I never heard anything from Tech 9 that made me want to go out and listen to him and say, like, wow. Like, I didn't hear it in his car and say, wow, man, I got to fucking go check this dude out. Like, I really like that fucking song. I didn't go add the songs to any of my playlists that I listened to or anything like that. So, again, this is not a guy that I was, like, a fan of. That, nor is this a guy that I predicted was going to finish anywhere near second overall at all. So... I'm not trying to praise this guy because I love him. I'm just saying the guy is absolutely fucking incredible with words. So let's let the rest of the first verse rock out and then we'll get into what he says at the end of the first verse and then we'll get into the last verse. They want that black magic, that savage with bad habits that grab at a stab rabbits, the maggot that has cabbage. But I'm at the fast status with swag in his past average. My glasses and rag matches, I mean flag is no blast adage. They say bizarre he went, they love him at dark events. Topping the chart, he sent naughty shit to everybody's tent. I wanna be at the party bit, listening to parliament. Sorry, this part of me's a gnarly gent, they call me Harvey Dent. People be talking about missing that, saying it ain't a hit. Can I get back when I started with? Oh, 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 shit. Okay, so before I break down the second half of that verse, there's another thing that I want to talk about really quick. I'm going to ask you this. First of all, do you ever really hear people rap like this? Not really, right? Like, you don't hear... You, you hear people rap fast. You hear people use different rhyme schemes. You hear people rhyme a lot of syllables, right? But you don't really ever hear anybody rap like this. Then listen to the hook and shit, right? You got the girl in there saying, Harvey Dent. And then you got him doing his portion of the hook. And then you got the chopped and screwed shit, want my, want my old shit, want my, want my old albums. So this guy was just so artistic. I'm not saying that this hook, man, this hook is amazing. It doesn't matter whether I like the hook or not. That has absolutely nothing to do with the scoring of this song or Tech 9 in any way. And I'm not saying that I do or don't like it. I haven't even spoke on my opinion of it at all. But I'm just trying to point out that 
to have 518 songs and not run out of fucking ideas and still be able to just do random shit. This hook is this way. This hook is that way. How do you not get repetitive after 518 songs? I mean, it's just incredible artistry there for sure. So I just wanted to point that out. On another note, honestly, again, before I even get into breaking this down, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie at this point. I feel like there's almost no point of me even breaking this down. I mean, how redundant is this going to be? I'm going to keep saying the same thing over and over again. I'll do it, but I'm not going to sit here and spend as much time on each bar. I will point out sometimes when things are different, but I mean, the guy's absolutely going ballistic. I don't think anybody needs me to point this out. I don't think you need me to tell you, man, look at how many words he's rhyming. Look at how many syllables. Look at how many rhyme schemes. But again, we'll run through it and talk about what he says. He says, they want that black magic, that savage with bad habits and grab at it and stab rabbits, the maggot that has cabbage. So one thing I do want to talk about here, I mean, I don't need to tell you there's a lot of syllables rhyming and stuff like that. So again, he, pretty much every bar he's raising the song score here, except for the one line that didn't really make much sense. But something that I do want to talk about real quick is these two bars right here are a perfect example of why I say to you guys, sometimes when we do song breakdowns and I say, hey, you know, this song probably got a one and a half or this or whatever. It's hard for me to tell without listening to it in succession and stuff like that, right? So look at what he says here in this line. They want that black magic, that savage with bad habits and grab at and stab rabbits, the maggot that has cabbage. It sounds pretty random. What is he talking about? Fucking maggots and stabbing rabbits? Like, what the fuck is he saying? Like, he's just saying random shit. He's not. He's fucking crazy, okay? And I know that because I sat down and listened to this guy's entire catalog in succession. I watched interviews of him. I studied things on him. I read up on him on many, many different music sites. Um, I've listened to many different people's opinions of him. I've read people's opinions of him. I've looked at a lot of pictures of the guy to see you know, how he dresses, how he presents himself. I've literally gone through everything there is to go through with all of these people. Now, some of these people, I'm so far removed from covering them that it's it's not always easy for me to remember every aspect of every single thing that everybody did on every song. That's why I take notes and I write things down. So if I covered somebody over a year ago and then we break down one of their songs, you know, it's possible that I don't totally remember exactly, I don't know, did he do that a lot or... Okay, so the reason I'm saying that is he says stab rabbits because... This guy talks about a lot of really fucking twisted shit. That's probably something that he said he did one time. And I'm not saying he really did it. I'm just saying he probably said something one time about stabbing rabbits or something. This is the type of shit this guy talks about. You know, painting... I mean, I remember there was a song he talked about screwing a rusty screw into someone's pee hole. Okay, so this guy said some really, really outlandish shit. So stabbing rabbits... Doesn't sound all that crazy when I tell you some of the shit that this guy used to talk about. So again, he's speaking about... I mean, the song is called Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent, for anybody that doesn't know, is Two-Face from the Batman movies. So it's basically what he's saying. It's a tale of two Tech Nines here. There's the Tech Nine that these people want. They want the crazy, deranged fucker showing madness and sadness and emotions and stabbing rabbits and fucking this and that, right? But... I like the cash and the actresses and the asses and all that, but I don't want to just say, fuck you guys, I want this and throw these away because I really want your pounds, your pesos, your people down, all that shit, right? So it's this conflict of trying to be these two different characters. So it's not random. And 
Had I not covered Tech 9 and listened to 518 songs in succession and read up on him and watched interviews and stuff, I might not have known that this wasn't random. I might not have understood what the hell he was talking about. But since I covered Tech 9 and since I really looked into Tech 9 deeply and I understand the majority of what Tech 9 does, I know why he's saying that and it becomes not random to me anymore. So that's why it's important to cover these people in the fashion that I cover them. And that's why when I break these songs down for you, these things are just general, man. I'm just trying to show you how impressive some people were. That's all. It's, it's not to be taken a hundred percent literally i'm sure there's probably a time where maybe i didn't catch something in the first passing or whatever the case is or you know i, I say this and it's like well yeah but if you would have listened to a hundred songs prior you would have realized that that's a shortcut he always takes so again it's a general gist for you guys to just get an idea and a view on why this person scored what they scored. I'm pretty sure that you guys can see why Tech 9 scored a 9 lyrically just from the fucking first half of this verse right here. But let's break down the rest of what he says in this verse. So he says, But I'm at that fast status with swagger that's past average. My glasses and rag matches don't mean flag and it's no blast added. So this is one of the ones where, again, he gets a little bit random. It's not necessarily as random as the other one the other one was really bar a was fine it made perfect sense bar b kind of didn't really have much to do with anything I, again i got where he was going with it but when you break it down for what it is it wasn't really on par with what the rest of the stuff was saying this one is a little bit different so the first bar a makes perfect sense and then bar b is fine coming off of bar a but then the end of bar B, you can tell that he just starts getting a little bit, not random again, and in the sense that he's just saying things that have nothing to do with each other. I, I get what he's talking about, but it's a little random at the end that he wanted to just rhyme the syllables in the rhyme scheme. So again, we're going to play devil's advocate here. We're going to do this with Tech 9 I tell you, I do this all the time with all the top people, so you guys don't think I'm being biased at all and saying, nah, that's fucking bullshit, man. The end of that line don't make any fucking sense. Listen, I wouldn't go as far as to word it like that, but I want to play devil's advocate and give the haters a chance to shine here so I can say, you know what? You're right. You're right. Let's not give him credit for that, right? And let's not give him credit for that one, that one, or that one either. Okay, cool. It's like when it's like when you play basketball, right? I remember playing basketball. Shout out to my boy Maddie, bro. I remember playing basketball all the time with my boy Maddie, and he was he would play me to ten and give me nine. And honestly, to this day, I don't think I ever beat him. <laughs> but that's basically what I'm doing with Eminem, Tech Nine, One Below, people like that. It's like cool, bro. Here, here's your nine points. I'm still gonna beat you, right? So go ahead. Don't give him points for that. Don't give him points for that. Don't give him points for that. Let's just add up all the rest of them and see what happens. I bet you it's probably going to wind up being close to a great song anyway. So, again, we'll play devil's advocate. We won't give Tech 9 any credit on that one. So then he goes on to say, They say bizarre he went. They love him in dark he vents. Topping the chart, he sent naughty shit to everybody's tent. So again, I, I just read to you what he said. That makes perfect sense. It's not totally random. They lead into each other while they make sense. And again... He's got, you know, rhyme schemes and syllables in there. I don't think I need to really break down every single thing that he did. If you heard the first couple of bars, you've basically heard the rest of the song. When he does something that's not up to par or he does something that is different than what he's done prior, then, 
you know, I'll, I'll speak on that and I'll say, listen, we have a really, really dope punchline on top of it here or whatever the case is. But this is just more of the same stuff here where, and I'm not saying that in a negative fashion. I swear, it's more of the same shit. This is incredible stuff here. I mean, the guy's been incredible the whole verse. This song is already scoring a two, a good song. And we're not even fully through the first verse here. So incredibly impressive stuff from Tech 9 Then he closes off the verse by saying, I want to be at the party bent, listening to Parliament. Sorry, this part of me is a gnarly gent. They call me Harvey Dent. So again, this is another one. Makes perfect sense. He says, I want to be at the party bent, listening to Parliament. Sorry, this part of me is a gnarly gent. They call me Harvey Dent. Again, gnarly gent might not be something you would say in a regular setting, but he's obviously going out of his way to make syllables and rhyme schemes here. A lot of syllables. It's got rhyme schemes in there. Again, it makes perfect sense. For those of you guys that don't know, Parliament is a, uh, a funkadelic band. And yeah, he skews the way he says it a little bit to rhyme with it, right? Party bent, Parliament. It's probably really Parliament. Parliament, Gnarly Gent, Harvey Dent. But again, let's do this. Let's just take the word Parliament completely out of there. Let's say he wants to listen to um, Kanye West instead because that's three syllables, right? I want to be at the party bent, listening to Kanye West. Sorry, this part of me is a gnarly gent. They call me Harvey Dent. There's still like 11 or 12 syllables rhymed, even if you take Parliament completely out of the sentence. So, yes, he skewed the way he said it a little bit, but it didn't matter. If he didn't do that, he was still raising the song score with these two bars here regardless. And like I said, the bars make sense. They lead into each other well. He's not saying anything totally random. It doesn't make any sense. So at this point, this song is just above a two. We talk about the hook a little bit before. So I'm going to let the second half of the hook play out. And then the first half of the second verse. And then we'll break that down. People be talking about this and that. Saying it ain't a hit. Can I get back when I started with it? Demon, the animal that spread the semen The cannibal sign of the heathen Who's eating meat and no vegan But I get my fees and I'm reaching for the decent skis And a piece of the re-frequent bees That are freaking be heathen cheesing They want the dark night They want a bar fight Hard bites Art is the smartest thing in this scarred life Women is our vice They staring at our eyes Matter what's under tar lights But I hit in the car twice Again, I mean, does anybody really even need me to break this down? Let's talk about it really quickly It's talking about the same things they want the demon, the animal that spreads the semen, the cannibal sign of a heathen who's eaten meat and no vegan. Makes perfect sense. Again, he's not saying anything incredible, right? There's no ridiculous punchline or metaphor or anything super deep or meaningful. In there. He's not saying anything ridiculous. That's not to say that he never does. Because Tech 9 definitely had some dope lines. But in comparison to the amount of material he had, 518 songs... He didn't have all that many dope lines and, and, you know, when you take into consideration the size of the body of work, but he definitely had some dope lines. So it's not that he wasn't capable of doing it or that he didn't say anything that was ever good or anything like that. But so far in this song, he hasn't really had many like dope punchlines or metaphors or anything like that. He's mostly saying average stuff, but he's just saying it in a very non-average way. Very poetic, rhyming a lot of syllables, the rhyme schemes and stuff like that. So same thing on these two bars here that we saw on the majority of the stuff on the first verse. So this song is almost at a two and a half at this point. So then he goes on and he says, 
But I get my fees and I'm reaching for the decent skis and a piece of the frequent beats and the freak can be hit them cheesing. Now, this is another one where the technicalities are on point. He's got the rhyme schemes, he's got the syllables and stuff like that. But I don't want to say he gets totally random. I mean, they're kind of random. I get what he's saying, but they don't really have anything to do with each other. But again, at the end of bar B, it's a little bit of a problem where it's it's one of two things, right? Bar A is either I get my fees and I'm reaching for the decent skis, right? If that's bar A, then bar B, the end of it, doesn't rhyme with decent skis because you're saying cheesing. Cheesing does, however, rhyme with reaching from bar A. But I get my fees and I'm reaching for the decent skis and a piece of the frequent bees and a freak then be hit them cheesing. So if you rhyme cheesing with reaching, then the end of bar B does rhyme with the end of bar A, but that makes bar A a run-on bar because then it reads, but I get my fees and I'm reaching. Reaching for what? So again, this is one of those scenarios where a lot of the technicalities are on point. Some things are a little off. We're just going to play devil's advocate here. We'll wash it. We're not going to give Tech 9 credit for anything there. So let's continue on. He says, they want the dark night. They want a bar fight. Hard bites. Art is the smartest thing in this scarred life. So he says they want the Dark Knight. Again, a reference to Batman, who's referred to as the Dark Knight. Harvey Dent is a character in Batman, so he's saying they want the Dark Knight. They want a bar fight. Hard bites. Art is the smartest thing in this scarred life. So, again, that makes sense. It's a little bit random when you look at, like, bar A compared to bar B, but it's not random when you think about the overall picture of what he's talking about. He's still keeping most of his stuff on point here and kind of speaking about the same things through the majority of the song. And again, the technicalities are on point there. So this song is at a two and a half at this point. Then he says, women, that's our vice. They staring at our ice. Matter what's at the tar lights, but I hit in the car twice. Again, we'll say the same thing here. He gets a little bit random with matter. What's the tar lights? All that stuff is... Again, he's saying I hit in the car twice, women, that's all vice. So it's just one of those things where there's some things to raise, there's some things to lower. And I just want to play devil's advocate here and just, just even it out and, you know, not give him too much. I don't want anybody to bitch and complain. Man, every fucking line, he, he didn't make sense on that one and you're giving him fucking credit. So we don't need to. It's already up to a two and a half. We still got a half a verse left here. So let's let the rest of this rock out and then we'll talk about it and break the numbers down. They want the killer clowns, they want the miller sound Gorilla that pull you for Skrilla that'll hold the villa down I'm chinchilla now, with Maxilla I tap shillers You rap niggas you hate but it's still a crown Just call me Two-Face On the right side I got healthy pearly whites On the left side I got a toothache I'm Asmodeus but then the master for ride Black people think I'm a devil and the white people think I'm a god People be talking about this and that Saying it ain't a hit, can I get back what I started with? said that was tech nine harvey dent which was on the gates mix plate album from 2010 and before we break down the 
the second half of that second verse, I do want to talk about something else really quick. So on the outro, you hear Tech 9 talking. He says, but I got to evolve. You know what I'm sizzling? So instead of saying, you know what I'm saying? He says, you know what I'm sizzling? So again, it's nothing major. I'm not saying that because him saying, you know what I'm sizzling, that he got a nine and a half for originality. But again, there's just so many things to take into consideration. You got to listen to every word that everybody's saying and keep everything in mind. So again, a very, very original character there in, in Tech 9. So let's break down the second half of this second verse and see how he ends this song off. He says, they want to kill a clown. They want that Miller sound. Gorilla that pill you for Skrilla, but I hold the villa down. Again, this one makes sense. He's got rhyme schemes. He's got syllables in there. So close to a three at this point. You got to understand also that the syllables can raise the song score. The rhyme schemes can also raise the song score. So if this guy is managing to rhyme eight plus syllables in a two bar span and have a rhyme scheme in there while he's doing it, he's raising the song score a quarter of a point at a time by doing that because it's two things at once. If you're throwing in metaphors and punchlines in there, you could be gaining, you know, almost a half a point in two bars by doing that shit. Again, that is so extremely rare. It very, very, very rarely happens. Even from our top guys, it's still very rare that that happens. So I don't want to be too ridiculous and say, well, just do that every time and you'll just get a perfect score. I mean, you can't, bro. You know, you can't, you can't have that many syllables rhyme, use that many rhyme schemes, make perfect sense and have a ridiculous metaphorical deep punchline in every two bars. You, you just, it's just not possible. So, well, you know what? Let me not say that because somebody may come along and do it, and that's why I didn't give Eminem or Tech 9 or, or One Below or those guys a 10 in the, uh, in the lyrics department. So I don't want to say it's not possible, but very, very, very highly unlikely. Then he says, I'm chinchilla now with Maxilla. I tap chillas, you rap niggas you hate, but it's still a crown. This one, again, he says a couple of random things. I mean, he says, I'm chinchilla now. I mean, you know, again, that just to me is him just trying to rhyme words and syllables and shit like that. And then he says, I tap chillas and stuff. So he gets a little bit random in that one. We'll just wash that out. He says, just call me Two-Face. On the right side, I got healthy pearly whites. On the left side, I got a toothache. So that one's pretty dope right there. That's probably one of the doper bars that he's had. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the technicalities and raising the song score and stuff like that. I'm talking about just speaking on exactly what he said. For those of you that don't know what Two-Face looks like, his face is basically split in half. One side of his face is decrepit. He's got all fucked up teeth and his skin is like ripped off and, and his eyeball is kind of exposed and shit like that. And on the, the other side of his face, it just looks perfectly normal. So I think he's just trying to make a point speaking about, you know, the song is called Harvey Dent, who's Two-Face speaking about trying to keep up with both of these characters, the one that he wants and the one that the fans want while still managing to keep his fans and stuff like that. So he's just saying, just call me Two-Face. On the right side, I got healthy pearly whites. On the left side, I got a toothache. And that's a metaphor just referencing how he can be these two characters at once, but one of them may pain him, where on the other hand, he's a-okay. You know what I'm saying? Healthy pearly whites. So in the last two bars, he says... I'm Asmodeus, but then I'm Master Farah. Black people think I'm a devil and white people think I'm a god. So for those of you guys that don't know, he's referring to like scripture things. So Asmodeus is the king of the demons and I believe it's Hebrew scripture and stuff like that. So he's basically just saying, I'm a demon, but I'm a master 
at the same time, like, which is it? Black people think I'm a devil, right, Asmodeus, and white people think I'm a god. So, again, just talking about, you know, what he's been speaking about the whole song, you know, being two different characters, Two-Face, Harvey Dent, all that type of stuff. So, this is this is probably a great song, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's just incredible stuff right there from Tech 9 Whatever way you want to swing it, you know, original song topic for sure. He did a pretty good job of keeping that throughout the entire song. I won't say that Tech 9 was perfect, but he did a pretty good job. He pretty much talked about that the whole time, and he was pretty good with that in general on most of his music and stuff like that. So whatever things you want to take into consideration, go right ahead. But just lyrically speaking, I mean, that song was at least a 2.75, and that's with me washing out like four lines that had incredible technicalities on it. So again, i just like to play devil's advocate to show you guys how one way or the other, man, that song was pretty much getting a three and a, a great song score. So I think we got a pretty decent showing. It wasn't the best of Tech 9 that's for sure. He definitely had much more impressive stuff than that. But I think in general from that song, you guys can kind of get a general gist of why Tech 9 got a fucking nine in his, in his lyrical score there. So major, major shout out to Tech 9 here for an absolutely astonishing second place finish overall here. I did not see this coming, but I was wrong yet again, which seems to be a major trend, especially as of late. But with Tech 9 out of the way, let's move on to Cuckoo Cal, who is the very last artist to qualify an album in 1999 here. His birth name is Calvin Bellamy, born July 4th, 1970 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1997 to present. So we can obviously see where he got his name from, and I also believe that Cuckoo Cal is the first rapper to come out of Milwaukee so far in this study. So crazy stuff lately with Soleil being the first from Kansas City, and then just a couple weeks later we have another Kansas City rapper with Tech 9 as well as another first here from Milwaukee, which I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm, I'm pretty damn sure. I don't remember anybody being from Milwaukee at this point in time yet, so... Getting very close to the entire United States being represented here by somebody in some way, shape, or form. But nonetheless, let's read up on some more background information on Cuckoo Cal and see what we could find out. Calvin Bellamy, born July 4th, 1970, better known as Cuckoo Cal, is an American rapper and truck driver from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His single, My Projects, went to number one on the Billboard Hot Rap Singles chart in 2001. Cuckoo Cal's first album, Walking Dead, was released independently in 1999. Tommy Boy Records released Cal's second album, Disturbed, on September 18, 2001. The album spawned Cal's most successful single to date, My Projects, which topped the Billboard Hot Rap Singles chart. After leaving Tommy Boy in 2002, Cal released a follow-up to Walking Dead entitled Still Walking. A fourth album, All or Nothing, followed in 2004. In 2018, Cuckoo Cal returned to release a new single, Home, on the Tonestruck Entertainment and a tell-all documentary. So some pretty interesting things there about Cuckoo Cal, some that I wasn't really aware of. I definitely wasn't aware that he was a truck driver, so, you know, not that that means anything, but pretty interesting stuff there. I don't remember anybody being listed as being a truck driver that we've covered so far. So, like I said, uh, you know, odd, interesting stuff there. First guy from Milwaukee and things like that, but... Let's check out my synopsis on Cuckoo Cal and see how that reads. Cuckoo Cal was someone I not only expected to not finish well, but I didn't even expect him to make the cut. However, he wound up actually being surprisingly better than myself and most other people probably gave him credit for. 
He was good at keeping a topic, but he did take shortcuts sometimes. While he didn't have very many good lines or seem to really say too much of anything, he was very impressive with using different rhyme schemes consistently and finished above average overall lyrically. Cal only qualified four albums for scoring throughout his entire career. Three of those four albums were great albums, with the remaining one being good, although each album did score lower than the one prior to it. Even with this small catalog, he still recycled songs quite often. In total, he registered 55 songs for scoring. Two of those songs were great, another 32 were good, and none were weak. When the general public views someone as a one-hit wonder, but in reality nearly two-thirds of their music was actually good or better, we have to give credit where it's due. While having a hit is obviously a good thing, only having one your entire career with a small body of work and no visible impacts on any other artists is not going to help you in the impact department. While Cal's voice, delivery, and lingo were all pretty original, his content and overall sound in general were not. So, sounded like a bit of give and take there for Cuckoo Cal, but it seems like much better stuff than I anticipated. I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. I don't know what everybody expected from Cuckoo Cal, and I guess that probably depends on where you grew up. If you grew up in Milwaukee, you might say, oh, Cuckoo Cal is dope, bro. He's going to finish well, right? And if you're somebody that's not a huge hip-hop head, you may say, who the fuck is Cuckoo Cal? I, I, I don't know. He sounds terrible. I, I never heard of him, and I don't know any of his songs. So I don't know what everybody's expectations were, but as far as I was concerned, that's not the write-up I expected to get on Cuckoo Cal there. So let's check out the math on him and see where he winds up at the end of the day. Lyrics, he gets a six, and honestly, that was... I compare uh, Cuckoo Cal to like a, a big noid or somebody like that, it really wasn't that he was saying anything amazing. It's not to say that he was saying a bunch of garbage, because if he was saying a bunch of garbage but was using a bunch of rhyme schemes, that would kind of just even each other out. So it's not that he was speaking garbage, but he just wasn't really saying anything above average, really. But again, not to the level that Tech 9 did it, but he was saying average things in a slightly above average way. And he did this very consistently. He was good at using different rhyme schemes on almost every bar. It was very rare that he just got on there and said some shit and, you know, didn't have any, like, rhyme schemes or anything in there. Again, that one-dimensional addition is only going to carry you so far. So you can't just use a rhyme scheme on every bar and think that you're going to be a nine because every bar that you said, well, I mean, it was above average. Yeah, but only by a little amount. Okay, so I mean that's what your final score is going to wind up being. So an above average score there of 6 for Cuckoo Cal in the lyrics department. Albums he gets a 5.45 with zero classics. And that's a great album score, man. Like I spoke about, only four albums. Three of those four albums were great with the remaining one being good. So that's without a doubt a great album score there for Cuckoo Cal. Wasn't able to register any classics for any extra points. But like I said, still a great album score. Songs, he gets a plus 0.36, and that came from 55 total songs, no weak songs, two great songs. That came to came to about 3.5% of his material, which you slide the decimal place over, and he gets a 0.36 in the song score there. So, nothing major. I mean, it's not a 0 0.05 or anything tiny, tiny little, but just over a third of a point there. Again, it's better than losing a third of a point for sure. But nothing too major there, but he is adding some points where he could be losing points. So again, good stuff from Cuckoo Cal. Impact, he gets a four. And like I said, yes, he had the hit, 
But what else did he do besides for that one hit? Literally pretty much absolutely nothing. No clear visible influences on any other artist to date. A small body of work and stuff like that. So, you know, you take those things in consideration and he gets a, a below average score of four there in the impact department. Originality, he gets a five and a half. And that basically was just all from like his voice delivery and lingo. Just the way that this guy rapped, his voice and the way that he said things and like some of the words that he used and shit like that. That type of stuff was pretty original and I thought that was enough to carry him above average because there wasn't, like it wasn't like he was very unoriginal in other areas. He didn't take a lot from other people or anything like that. Um, I won't say that his song ideas were super original. You know, most of his overall sound and general content were not overly original. But again, they weren't overly unoriginal. So it was kind of mostly even keel stuff there from Cuckoo Cow. But I just thought that the voice, the delivery, and the lingo were enough to just keep it slightly above average. So he gets a five and a half in the originality department there. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five. And that gives you a final rating of 4.26. Which leaves Cuckoo Cow in 113th place of 201 artists done overall. So not a great finish there for Cuckoo Cal, but on the flip side, not an awful one. He lands just beyond the halfway mark here so far in this study, and a couple things I want to point out. Not only is that better than my prediction of bottom quarter, but flat out, I was wrong about Cuckoo Cal, honestly. He was not a one-hit wonder who sucked and just got lucky due to circumstance and had a hit. Cuckoo Cal was actually a pretty decent lyricist, who I think could have actually done much better in this study had he been a little bit more serious with his craft. But nonetheless, Cuckoo Cal impressed me, at least lyrically, given the expectation I had for him. So shoutouts to Cuckoo Cal, not only for his huge hit, which I personally love, but for actually being a decent rapper. So that's it, man. Those were our last two artists being covered in season two, the 90s. So with every artist out of the way, Let's run through our list one final time in this season. I do want to be clear really quick in case I haven't discussed this with you guys or you missed it or whatever the case was, but starting in season three, the new millennium, I will no longer be reading these lists off every week. After today, we will now run through these lists on the last episode of every month. And as I touched on a couple of episodes ago when we were covering Even Soleil, there will be a new list added to this mix, which will be a top three female rappers. So just one of the exciting changes to come to Tale of Tapes in the new season three. But again, like I said, let's run through these lists one more time in our 90 season here, starting with our top 10% overall. In our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 201 artists done overall. Behind him in second place is Tech 9 Behind him is Jay-Z, who's in third. Behind Jay in 4th is Big Pun. Behind him is One Below of Binary Star, who's in 5th. Directly behind him in 6th is Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks. Behind Paz is AZ, who's in 7th. Directly behind him in 8th is Big L. Behind L is Nas, who's in ninth. Behind Nas in 10th is Method Man. Behind Meth is Inspected Deck, who's in 11th. Behind Deck in 12th is Cannabis. Behind Biss is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 13th. Directly behind Thought in 14th is Killer Priest. Directly behind him is Jadakiss, who's in 15th. Behind Kiss in 16th is Tupac. Behind Pac is Biggie, who's in 17th. 
Directly behind Big in 18th is DMX. And then behind D, we have Pharaoh Manch and Jusselah, who are tied for 19th place. So, like we discussed earlier, Tech 9 sliding into that number 2 spot overall there behind Eminem, which obviously slides not only everyone behind him back one spot, but slides Talib Kweli out of our top 10% overall here today, and this one doesn't pain me the way that KRS-One does, but I think it's fair to say at this point in this study, anyone who gets eliminated from this list is a tremendous artist at this point. We're almost halfway through the study at this point, and simply put, you just don't get on this list anymore if you're not a top dog, so I think anyone who goes from this point on is going to be somewhat of a shock, but... Like I always say, man, not everybody can be top 10. So not only does that finish slide everyone back and send Talib out of our top 10% overall, but if you noticed, Jadakiss, Tupac, and Biggie are no longer in a tie with each other. Last week, the three of them were in a three-way tie for 14th place. This week, Jada is 15, Pac is 16, and Biggie is 17th. So this came from a couple of things. First and foremost, Tech finishing ahead of them obviously slid them all back one spot. But then, on a soundtrack, Jada registered a great song which jumped him right ahead of Tupac and Biggie, and Biggie registered an average song which slid him back a spot right behind Tupac. I gotta give my man Dirty some credit here as even though I disagree with Jada being top 10 dead or alive, his favorite rapper of all time did just best my favorite rapper of all time, so... Shoutouts to Dirty T there for sure, but to be honest with you, I'm most excited about this tie between Tupac and Biggie being broken. While it was amazing that they were tied considering the rivalry that they had, inside I felt like people looked at it as a cop-out for me to say that the two of them were in a dead tie, and it's like, come on bro, pick one. The thing is, I'm not picking anyone though at all. All I'm doing is just registering numbers into a mathematical formula and these people land where they land. So while I do love me some Biggie, I think he's highly overrated when it comes to his lyrical ability and Tupac is my favorite rapper of all time. So I'm definitely glad to not only see that the tie is broken, but for it to go in my favor. And I do just want to address really quick that it's not very often that somebody just has a, a single song that moves them up or back a spot, right? But the thing is, Biggie had an incredible song score because Biggie had a very small amount of songs. Biggie only had like 30-something songs in total. And he had a lot of great songs. So he had a great song score. So when you only have 30-something songs and you have a lot of great songs and then you drop an average song, it's probably going to affect your song score in some way. Now... A lot of things had to work perfectly for this to happen. It, you know, Biggie had to be right on the edge of a lower song score, and he also had to be right on the edge of a lower score overall for that slight difference in his song score to even affect his overall score like that. Because I've had some people's song scores change a little bit, but the overall score is still the same. On the flip side, I've had some people get a weak song or a great song or an average song and it not really affect the song score at all because of how slightly it affected it that it didn't really go that far into the decimal places that we're covering here. So I just wanted to point out how that was a matter of circumstance, how literally two songs just jumped one guy up and another guy back a spot. So nothing major. It's not like they moved very much, but I did want to just point out that that three-way tie between those three fucking giants has been broken.
So now, for the last time in Season 2, let's run through our top 10% of lyricists here. In our top spot, we have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. Behind him, in a tie for second place, we have One Below of Binary Star and Tech 9 who both got lyrical scores of 9. Behind them, we have a five-way tie for fourth place between Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, AZ, and Vinny Paz, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. In a four-way tie for ninth place behind them, we have Method Man, Jay-Z, Big Pun, and Cannabis, who all got lyrical scores of 8. Behind them, we have a seven-way tie for 13th place between Master Ace, Jizza, Common, Big L, Talib Kweli, Esoteric, and Inspector Deck, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. And And in a 9-way tie for what is now our 20th and final spot in this list, we have KRS-One, Cool G Rap, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, Slug of Atmosphere, Jadakiss of the Locks, Killer Priest, Benefit, and Ludacris, who all got lyrical scores of 7. So... Lots of stuff here to talk about again. First and foremost, we see Tech 9 take second place in both categories he was eligible for. So, impressive stuff there from Tech 9, no doubt. This also makes our list cap out at a top 20 here, which actually winds up being a top 28 as we have a 9-way tie for our last spot. But, starting upon our return in Season 3, the new millennium, this list will be cut down to a top 5% which is going to just about cut this list in half. So remember these names, as this may be the last time you hear a lot of these names mentioned in this particular list. Now let's get into our decades list, starting with our OG 80s decade. So your top five artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. So no changes to this list in our final episode of the 90s here today, but I'm starting to get a slight inclination that we may see a change here soon by the time we arrive back for Season 3. Don't quote me on that because nothing has officially changed yet, but I'm seeing some some scores change a little bit, and we'll have to wait and see how it adds up at the end of the day. For now, let's check out our 90s decade, as this may be the very last time this list changes as well. So your top five artists to come out in the 90s are as follows. Eminem, Tech 9 Jay-Z, Big Pun, and One Below of Binary Star. So yet again, Tech 9 finishes second in the next available list he's eligible for today. So again, extremely impressive stuff here across the board from Tech 9 And obviously that means that somebody has to be slid out of our top five rappers of the 90s here, which is unfortunately Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks. And man, this is a tough one, bro. Vinny Paz, an absolute monster on the microphone, and tough to see a beast like that be ousted from this list when he's been on it for a while now, and this list most likely won't ever be changed again after today, so a tough pill to swallow here for Vinny Paz as his cemented legacy of one of the greatest rappers of the 90s ripped away from him on the very last day of this decade, but... Nonetheless, man, major shout-outs to Tech 9 for an incredible placement there. Shout-outs to Vinny Paz as well for not only holding down that spot for a long time as he did, but for still sitting comfortably inside of our top 10% overall and, quite frankly, just being an incredible rapper. So let's move on now to our regional list. We'll start off with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York, Big Pun from the Bronx, New York, 
and Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So nice to see Paz still holding on to that spot on the East Coast there, rightfully so. Moving across to our West Coast, your top three artists to come out of the West Coast thus far are Tupac from Marin County, California, Razcast from Carson, California, and Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the south are Benefit from Florida, Ludacris from Atlanta, Georgia, and Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Moving to our Midwest now, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, Tech 9 from Kansas City, Missouri, and One Below of Binary Star from Pontiac, Michigan. So, Tech 9 ironically enough, finishes in second place directly behind Eminem in every single list that he's eligible for. So, aside from Eminem, this is not only the second most impressive finish overall, but also the second most impressive finish in every category we go through. So I can't say enough about how incredible Tech 9 was here in this showing today. Sending the final episode of Season 2 of the 90s out with a bang, no question. And Tech finishing in second place in the Midwest here also does a couple of other things. It slides proof out of our top three artists to come out of the Midwest so far. It causes Detroit to lose a top three spot in the Midwest. It gives Kansas City, Missouri a spot now in the top three places of the Midwest. And it also means that Michigan is no longer holding down all three spots in the Midwest here. So not only impressive stuff from Tech 9, but very impactful stuff in many different ways. So as we close out season two in our 90s decade here, I really want to give a huge shout out to Tech 9 and Cuckoo Cal for an exciting finish to the season as well as any artist that has been named in any of these lists throughout any part of any of these seasons here so far. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash Tale of the Tapes podcast. I really recommend you guys giving that Facebook website a visit and a like to follow along, especially during the off seasons. I post some, some questions on there, some polls, some predictions, and just random things like that. Like I always tell you, all the lists are on there. Everybody we've covered so far, the people we haven't covered so far, upcoming artists, schedules, people that didn't make the cut, people that were left out, um, rules, just a whole bunch of different shit. So definitely a dope place to check out any information you could possibly want on the podcast there on that Facebook website. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash podcast. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see its support button. I beg of you guys, please hit that for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And that will do it for season two, the 90s. And man, what a fucking season it's been. We've implemented some new lists that have been interesting. We had the first and last place finishes thus far in the 90s. We revealed our top 20 artists in a row. And many, many more incredible things that... It's just too much for me to sit here and recap the entire season now at the end of one show, but many incredible things nonetheless. And again, we will be taking just over a one-year break and will return in January of 2024. So not this January coming up, but the one after that. Everybody take a break, enjoy your year, and we will be back Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024 with Season 3 the new millennium, and I'm not going to lie. When I started this study, I was most excited to do the 90s because that's like what I grew up in. 
But now that I'm looking at some of the artists coming up, I'm definitely pretty pumped about season three, at least the first half of them from what I can see, which is basically my high school days. I entered high school at the very end of 1999. So very, very exciting stuff for me coming up to start the new millennium here. So thanks again to everyone who has tuned in to any episodes, gave me some input, whether positive or negative, been featured on an episode, all these type of things. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys soon enough, man. I think that year is going to go faster than we expect. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well.